clock in, never clock out. No way with the slackers. No, no way with the slackers. No, 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 no way with the slackers. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. Welcome to the Path of Revelation podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker, and this is where the culture meets scripture. Listen, I have an amazing show today for you guys have a lot of things to talk about today but listen today's show i'm is going to be a part two to last show um equality or black privilege is the question that i asked last show and i'm also asking this show but we're going to progress in the conversation um, when we come back from the featured song um the jacob blake shooting had just happened i think right after i released last week's show or it had happened the day before nevertheless the, the 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 news that was coming out about the case was was so fresh and new you know and a lot of times i don't like to speak on different stories or or certain stories if the information um isn't clear or i like to wait till the evidence starts rolling out and and do some fact checking um i think that's one of the problems with today's society everybody just has gut reactions to everything and it's like people don't even wait for facts anymore um people just cater to their emotions and 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 really play into narratives instead of really seeking out facts and truth and so i didn't want to speak on the jacob black shooting and for you guys who have no idea what i'm talking about um in kenosha uh wisconsin uh, a black man was shot seven times in the back by a white police officer as um the officers were attempting to arrest him and so when we come back from a brief break i want to kind of dive into this this story also we we know about the cow rittenhouse the 17 year old kid who as a result of the jacob black shooting and we we're um there were a bunch of uh, protesting and some riots and things of that nature and so like the third day of protesting this 17 year old kid uh, armed with the ar-15 um, long story short ends up shooting three people killing two uh, 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 shooting three protesters killing two and so on one hand you have the black guy who's shot by uh, a white police officer and then you have this 17 year old white kid who shoots three protesters and kills two of them and I've just I want to look at the parallel between the two and the responses that I've been seeing and really want to talk about equality from a biblical perspective and how we should be approaching these topics and stories as believers Um, because it's very easy to get caught up in our emotions and so we're going to talk about that in a little bit but listen i want to just take a little a quick moment to just kind of share with you guys my album is available paradigm shift 
it's been a week now since it's been out and i'm just extremely humbled by the feedback that i've been getting from this project um from you guys uh just hitting me up saying the production is amazing the content um is just ministering to you and it's edifying and that's so encouraging to me and and i i thought about it as i was preparing for this show i didn't actually talk about the inspiration behind paradigm shift and what it actually means and and why i titled uh, my first solo project paradigm shift when we look at the word paradigm shift um, the definition is a fundamental change in approach or underlying assumptions. I'm going to read that again. A fundamental change in approach or underlying assumptions. And so basically in simple explanation or simple terms, a paradigm shift is when you go from thinking one way to thinking a totally different way because you've received more information. And so you can have a negative paradigm shift or you can have a positive paradigm shift. An example of a negative paradigm shift is when we see people who believe in Jesus one moment, believe that he's Lord and Savior one moment, and then they go from believing that he's Lord and Savior to a total to walking away from Christ altogether or believing or to believing in a false Christ. So there's a that's a negative paradigm shift. Um, a positive paradigm shift can be when you thought the Bible was a myth or you thought the Bible was uh, plagiarized or copied. And then you receive more research and historical evidence. And you see that how you were thinking, bef- um, how you were thinking was wrong. And you begin to see that the Bible is truly the inspired word of God. And, and so there are positive Uh, paradigm shifts and and negative paradigm shifts. And I'll give one more example. And um, because we're in such a clickbait um, era or time, you know, a lot of times we we see people and a lot of us may have even been guilty of this. We draw conclusions from quick from quick clips. We may see a 15 second clip or 30 second clip or not, not even a clip, a screenshot. And we'll draw conclusions from those from that thing. And and so let's I'll take an example. And this is a made up story. If, if you saw a video of a man shooting another man, you some of us may assume, yo, this guy just committed murder or this guy just shot this guy. He needs to be locked up. And let's just say you draw that conclusion and. And you you you're like, yep, he needs to be locked up because he just shot someone. And then as you begin to get information or the news story comes out that, hey, this the guy that got shot was actually trying to rob and harm this guy and his family while they were walking in their home or while they were out and about. And so 
many of us would have a paradigm shift because now we've received more information. And why am I giving all these examples? Because the purpose of this project is to explore many areas where I believe that we as as believers and as the world needs a paradigm shift. There are many areas where we can have paradigm shifts. There are certain things that I used to believe theologically that I no longer believe today. And it's because of more information, <clears throat> more studying of God's word, um, new illumination, new revelation and growth has taken place. And what I used to think, I no longer think today. I've, I had a paradigm shift in, in, in certain areas. And so many of us um, need a paradigm shift. And another simple way of explaining a paradigm shift is just really repentance, having a change of heart towards God, turning away from the ways of the world, turning away from the the world's way of thinking about things. And I think that's one of the primary purposes of this podcast um, and why the slogan of this show is where the culture meets scripture, because I really, truly believe that we as believers have to strive to have the mind of Christ. That's why the Bible talks about our thought life all the time. Um, like Psalms one talks about meditating on the word day and night. Um, another scripture um, that I've just been meditating on lately is Psalms 19 verse 11 through 16. It says, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me your ways or teach me thy statues with my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statues. I will not forget thy word. See, as we as believers, we have to be striving to have the mind of Christ. And so with this project, what I really wanted to do is I wanted to take a handful of different topics. And 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 my goal was to challenge us to approach these topics with the mind of Christ. And so in and as you as many of you may be finding out as you're listening to the project is you'll see that I will highlight how the world thinks about something and then I'll highlight how the how God thinks about something. And so I think this project is much more than just music or a vibe. But I, I really think that this top this project, this album paradigm shift is something that will help you grow spiritually and even help give you a paradigm shift for um, in a positive way. And so this project you can is made for believers, but 
You can also let non-believers hear the project and I believe it will challenge them and convict their hearts as well. And so we need a paradigm shift. The Bible is constantly telling us to renew our minds, right? And when we look at Romans chapter 12, in Romans chapter 12, it um, in verse two, it says, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When we look at second Corinthians chapter 10, verse four through um, six, it says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or in other words, the weapons that we fight with aren't fleshly, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. See, that sounds like a paradigm shift. Verse six, and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. There's been times in my life when I've, I've been disobeying God and didn't necessarily even realize it. It may have been out of ignorance. There, ha there may have been certain ways of thinking. I may have been complaining and I may have been holding on to bitterness and unforgiveness or or strife in my heart. And, and and when the Lord revealed my heart to myself and convicted me, I was ready to revenge all disobedience. To ex to cast down those imaginations and and, and bring those things into subjection and obedience to the knowledge of God. And so we need a paradigm shift. My prayer is that um, this show continues to inspire you guys and bless you guys. I pray that the music ministers to you. And listen, if you haven't heard the project yet, go out and stream it, download it. However, it's available on all digital outlets. Just look up Gabriel Parker paradigm shift but listen i want to get into the featured song for this episode which is the song paradigm shift off of my album paradigm shift let's hop into that right now Nobody neutral, we all pick a side Creation screams no excuse 
for not knowing God. If the God you serve always agrees with you, then the God you serve is really you. Morality's a casualty, no filter. Now they pushing pedophilia. If we get our morals from how we feel, how we feel. who can say you're wrong if you rape or kill? Cheat or steal when in love, why does cheating hurt? Should she stay or leave if he's beating her? Dumb or smart, is gender what's in your heart? Or is it chromosomes in your body parts? If truth not exclusive, views are abusive to purpose. Then why you're here, really our lives are worthless. But through truth we see our ways are destructive and deadly. Then truth died on the cross and rose to save me. It's time for a paradigm shift. My paradigm shifted. It's time for a paradigm shift. My paradigm shifted. Lord got my feet. You're a God of peace. You are the greatest need. Lord set us free. Give us eyes to see, so we are not deceived. Now unto Him who snatches men out of darkness into His marvelous light. So I want to deal with, do we want equality or black privilege? And I want to use the unfortunate events that took place with Jacob Black, who was shot seven times in the back by a white police officer as an example to deal with this topic as well as the 17-year-old white kid who shot three protesters at one of the protesting rallies for the shooting that happened to Jacob Blake. And where should I start with all of this? Because I want to be very careful um, when all of the when I begin to see the shooting of Jacob Blake, and I want to be clear, the blessing is he did live. He did not die. Um, although he is paralyzed from the waist down. And unfortunately, when he was shot, his three sons were in the car as he was trying to get in the car and, and he was shot. And that's so this situation is just so unfortunate and it's frustrating and sad. And initially, when I saw this story begin to trend, I did not want to watch the video. I just saw what everyone was saying about the story. And there was a screenshot of Jacob Blake. Uh, stepping off of the sidewalk with the officer having his gun pointed at Blake. And and just off of the screenshot, one of the conclusions that I began to form without ever watching the video was, oh, this is right before the police officer shot him. And just off of that screenshot, you know, I was angry because in my mind, why would he shoot this guy who has his back to him? 
And so as I begin to see the outrage on social media, along with the screenshot and the articles that was being shared. Now, mind you, I hadn't even read an article um, because it was just a lot. You know, some, you know, here's one thing that I've been practicing, y'all. I don't have to have an opinion about everything. Sometimes it's OK to mind your business. Some of us need to learn how to mind our own business because some of us are so engulfed in social media and the news and things that are going on around us that we can't even be effective in in walking in our purpose, our God given purpose and the responsibilities that God is calling us to. And that's a whole nother show right there. (laughs) But. So I had to take a mental break from even trying to dive into this particular story because, you know, we just we just went through the whole George Floyd. uh, Unfortunate event of George Floyd and the media and social media frenzy around that. And so as boycotts began to roll out as the NBA, because I ain't gonna lie, I've been. I love I'm a huge NBA fan and I was looking forward to watching the Lakers that night, watching the other NBA games. And then out of nowhere, there was a boycott. And I'm like, man, this must be serious. And so the next article that I saw come across my timeline about the Jacob Blake um, shooting I clicked on it to read it. And in the article, um, there was an actual video of him being shot. And so I clicked on the video to see what exactly happened. But before I talk about what I saw, I want to read one of the articles that I was reading earlier today. Um, that that was by CNN. I I checked out some other articles as well, but I wanted to read the article from CNN and then I'm going to go into um, what I observed when I watched the video and I had a conversation with a retired police officer about the circum about the situation. But CNN, the article starts off by saying federal investigators announced that they have launched a civil rights probe into the police shooting of Jacob Blake, a 29 year old black man in Kenosha, Wisconsin. The U.S. Attorney's Office for the Eastern District of Wisconsin said Wednesday that the investigation will be conducted by the FBI in in corporate in cooperation with the Wisconsin Department of Justice Division of Criminal Investigation, the agency leading the local investigation. Authorities had previously provided little information about Sunday's shooting of Blake, which was captured on video by a witness. But after several days of protests in the state, the state's DOJ offered its initial timeline of the shooting. Wisconsin state investigators said that the police used a taser to try to stop Blake before a single officer 
fired his weapon seven times and injured him. Officials identified Officer Rustin Shaseski as the police officer who shot Blake when he tried to enter his vehicle. The officer who has been employed by Kenosha police for seven years was placed on administrative leave. DCI said officer Shaseski fired the weapon into Mr. Blake's back. The state agency said in a news release, no other officer fired their weapon. Kenosha Police Department does not have body cameras. Therefore, the, the officers were not wearing body cameras. Wisconsin Attorney General Josh Call um, said in a news conference that the other officers involved in the shooting will be identified soon. Blake appears to have told officers that he had a knife in his possession. The DCI said investigators later recovered a knife from the driver's side floorboard of Blake's vehicle and no other weapons were found. The agency said Patrick Salvi Jr. in eternity an attorney, excuse me, for the Blake family said on Wednesday morning that Blake did not have a weapon in the car. OK, so that we're hearing conflicting information right here um, in the vehicle. He did not have a weapon. Salvi Jr. told CNN. I can't speak directly to what he owned, but what I can say is his three children were in the car that was in the front of his and that was in the front of his mind. That is the most important thing to him in his life, this fa his family and his children. Now, that's interesting that the attorney is attorney is saying uh, his children was at the forefront of his mind, yet he was resisting uh, the police in front of his children and even tried to go in his car. But let me not jump too far ahead. CNN is reaching out to Blake's attorneys for further comment. The officers were dispatched to a home in Kenosha after a woman called police saying her boyfriend was present and was not supposed to be on the premises. The DCI said it's unclear whether the caller was referring to Blake who survived the shooting and whose attorneys said attorneys said has not been able to, to speak very much while in the hospital on pain medication. Authorities also did not discuss how exactly the officers came into contact with Blake. We're going to continue providing information to the extent that we believe is appropriate and consistent with protecting the integrity of the investigation. Investigation, Carl said. Kenosha Police Chief Daniel Miskinis said Wednesday he could not comment on the shooting. So listen, I can continue reading on, but I want to I want to stop here. Um, Actually, that's the end of the article. But OK, so initially when this shooting first happened and I begin to watch the video, I'm going to just be honest. I'm going to just be honest with you. And this is one of the reasons why. I wanted to do a part two to this show. Do we want equality or 
black privilege. Because in many of our arguments, white privilege is when white people receive favoritism based off of their ethnicity. Um, and they're giving they're given more opportunities because of their ethnicity. Um, they, they usually are let go or given a slap on the wrist for crimes that we are usually persecuted to the highest degree for. Right. So so do we want that for us or do we want equality? Do we want fairness or do we want black privilege? And the reason why I'm saying that is because honestly, I felt like I watched a totally different video than the majority of my timeline. You know, I'm seeing people saying I'm fed up. Another shooting. Another black man is gunned down by a white officer. That was the whole um, narrative that I saw playing. But when I watched the video and listen, I've watched the Ahmaud Arbery video. I've watched uh, Tamir, the Tamir Rice. I've watched the um, Philando Castle video. I've watched um, and I watched the George Floyd video. And I'm going to be honest. When I watched the Jacob Blake video. It wasn't the same as George Floyd. It wasn't the same as a Tamir Rice. It wasn't the same. And so what I'm saying is, okay, let me just walk you guys through what I observed. So as I press play on the video, I see Jacob Blake. He closes his back. He appears to close the back passenger door, probably where one of his sons was seated. And he pulls away from the police police and they're trying to detain him. And he proceeds around the front of the vehicle and pulls away from the officers. And he the the um, the white officer who ends up shooting him is trying to detain him and and trying to grab his shirt. At this point, Jacob Blake opens up his driver's side door and doesn't just try to get in the vehicle. But he appears to be reaching for the floor. And as he begins to reach for the floor, that is when the officer began to shoot him. I watched the video five to six times. And actually, I watched it probably two more times today before today's show. And so. Here's the thing. The report comes out that he had a knife in the vehicle under the floor mat. The attorney is saying he didn't have a weapon. Now, I just read this article today to read that detail. But prior to me reading this article today, I had came to the conclusion that it looked like he was reaching for something on the floor. I mean, to me, it was clear. And so most people are saying, well, he didn't have a weapon or whatever the case may be, or he just had a knife. Here's the problem. It's not it's not supposed to be a fair fight between 
the criminal or the person with the warrant because there was a warrant out for his arrest. It's not supposed to be a fair fight between the criminal and the police. The police isn't supposed to say, oh, hey, I'm going to let you grab your weapon so you have a fair shot at me. Not like that's ridiculous. And so I begin to see. Listen, I'm going to just say it. This this is we shouldn't have boycotted over this. <laughs> we should like this is not one of I don't think. And this is my humble opinion. This is not one of the incidents that we should that we as America should be using to say, hey, enough is enough. Black lives matter. This is this particular incident. I don't believe this should be the incident that we use. Now, there could be an argument made over did the police officer use excessive force? But I talked with one of my retired police officer friends and he began to explain to me about um, the Glocks that the police use. And he said, Gabe, you know, it sounds like because he didn't even want to watch the video because he was fed up with the news and story after story. But as I began to explain what I observed in so many words, he says, it sounds like the shoot, the shooting was justified. Um, he and he began to go on and say, Gabe, what most people don't realize is, you know, with these Glocks, the initial firing of the pistol is usually the hardest. You have the most resistance, he says. But after that first shot goes off, he says every shot after that is like butter. And so he says you can look up and you done shot eight to ten times before you even know it. And so I'm not mad at people that say, man, that was probably excessive. But I also am looking at the at the side where, man, the officer probably didn't know what he was reaching for. And in my opinion, it was clear that he was going after something or it at least appeared that way. And so I've I've watched different videos of police officers being shot and some even killed because the person that they were trying to arrest was able to reach for their weapon. And because the officer didn't respond fast enough, the officer was either injured or killed. And who knows um, when officers go through training, they they watch videos or they at least have to watch videos of officers who were killed in the line of duty. So they all know what to look out for. And so I I honestly believe that the officer um, felt like Blake was reaching for a weapon. And now, mind you, they had tried to tase him and the taser didn't work and he was still resisting. And then he goes to his to his car. And listen, man, I, I most people keep their weapons under their seat. <clears throat> right. So they he didn't know what Jacob was reaching for. And this is not me just trying to depend to defend police. And because honestly, if I believe the officer was wrong, I would just say it. But I think a lot of times many of us get so emotional. And we're so already wrapped up in the narrative of men, they killing us or white cops hate black people or whatever the case may be 
when our logic, our emotions won't even allow us to use logic now when it comes to situations like this. And I think that's very, very dangerous because now we as a country, as people seem to be playing into narratives or desiring narratives instead of truth. We seem to be desiring our narrative instead of facts. And so I don't think this situation um, should have played out this way. And again, I think it's fortunate. Uh, um, unfortunate, I should say. I'm sorry, not fortunate. I think this situation is unfortunate. I think it's sad. Um, and and listen, this is why I say, do we want equality or black privilege? Because not one time did I hear um, most of the people, not one time did I hear the people saying, oh, I'm another white cop shoots a black guy. Not one time did I hear any of those people come out and say, hey, he shouldn't have reached in his car. He 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 should have just um, he should have just complied and he shouldn't have reached in his car. And so that's why I said I feel like I watched a different video from mostly everybody on my timeline because I'm like, man, are are we talking about the same case? Like I could understand the outrage over the George Floyd shoot um, murder. Like I can, like I can understand the outrage and the high emotions from that. But this particular case, nah. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just keeping it 100. And again, I think it's unfortunate that he was shot seven times. I think we can possibly look at excessive force, but at the same time. If we are going to desire equality, and I, and I mean this across the board, if we're going to desire equality, there's no such thing as equality without responsibility and accountability. And so I don't think that we have to abandon accountability and responsibility to fight for equality and justice if anything we should be holding each other to a higher standard and I don't think it requires us to put down responsibility and accountability to fight for equality but the thing that I'm noticing is that many of us who are black and Christian we really need to check our hearts and and we need to strive to put on the mind of Christ because some of us feel more loyalty to our ethnicity and our ethnic groups than we do our faith. And so Christ begins to take a back seat to our emotions and the same thing happens with not just black people, but white people as well, where I see as a result of the Jacob Blake outrage, we have protests going on. And then this 17 year old kid who's not even supposed to have an AR-15, he, he's not even of age to be able to be carrying that weapon and he ends up killing 
two people. And then I see on my timeline, you have um, different Christians defending him, saying free Kyle Rittenhouse, free him. Like, like he's the victim and he's killed two people. He wasn't even supposed to have the gun. He's 17 years old. And so I see bias and I'm seeing this from Christians. I, I see the Christians defending Jacob Blake. And then I see Christians defending Kyle Rittenhouse. Who, did, who, to be honest, shouldn't even have been down there. He shouldn't even have, have had a gun. And it's like, man, where our biases are showing. Our biases are showing. And so some of us need to take a break and get out of our emotions. One of the things that the Bible says, a, a scripture that I really when I feel like when I feel tempted to jump in my emotions and and just respond rashly. One of the scriptures that I really meditate on, I believe, is found in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 13. And it says, he that answereth a matter before he heareth it, it is folly and shame unto him. In other words, what it's saying is when you answer a matter before getting all the facts is foolish and shameful. Like many of us are just reacting before we even have all the facts. And to be honest, when we get the facts, because we're so caught up in narratives and our emotions, the facts don't even matter. The Bible says that we're foolish when we do that. And so when, when my emotions want to get the best of me, I have to remind myself of this scripture and say, Gabe, you can't be foolish. You can't let your emotions cause you to jump to a conclusion and be foolish. You're supposed to be pursuing wisdom, the wisdom of God. And so many of us have allowed culture and our biases to cause us to grieve the Holy Spirit. And I have to deal with this because when we, the Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. And so if we are believers and we have the Spirit of God, but we're giving in to our emotions, we have to understand that we're grieving the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is a person. He is the spirit of truth. He is given to lead and guide us into all truth. He is a helper and a comforter. But when we begin to give into our emotions, we actually resist the Holy Spirit. And that's not what God desires for us. And so my prayer and my encouragement for us as believers is for us to guard our hearts with all diligence, as the scripture says. 
The Bible lets us know, I believe in Psalms 51, that the Lord desires truth on the inward parts of us. And so we have to make sure that we're working out our salvation with fear and trembling towards the Lord. And sometimes for us to effectively do that is we have to withdraw ourselves from the chaos of the day. Some of us, we need to learn how to get alone and in the presence of God. Even Jesus went away into the mountaintop. Even Jesus went away from the crowds so he can seek his father. Some of us are so dominated by our emotions because we refuse to remove ourselves from the crowd. And some of us wonder why we we don't have clear direction from the Lord concerning some of the areas in our lives where we need direction. Some of us may be wondering why we haven't been getting revelation and rejuvenated um, by God. And, and one of the reasons why it may be is because we refuse to remove ourselves from the crowds. The crowds on social media, the crowds in our lives, the crowds. And so. A part about being sanctified, when we look at the word sanctified, it means to be set apart. We have to learn how to sanctify ourselves in our walk because we're already sanctified in Christ, but it's another level that we have to go to. Sometimes we have to learn how to log out of social media. Sometimes we have to learn how to cut our phone off and just seek God. Just talk to God, get in your word. And I guarantee you, when you begin to do that, you'll begin to reap the benefits and the fruit of spending time with God because you cannot draw closer to him and he not draw closer to you. You can't sow us. You can't sow into the spirit and not reap of the spirit. And so as I look at the topic, do we want equality or black privilege? What we have to understand as believers is we have the answer. To this sin sick world. It's time out for us looking to the world, trying to solve what's wrong with the world without God. Because that's all the world is trying to do. They're identifying what's wrong with themselves and they're trying to fix what's wrong with themselves without surrendering to God. And so what we look at when we go into the world is we see a sea of madness where everyone is pointing the finger at each other. Oh, this group is wrong. That group is you're wrong. You're wrong. Everybody's pointing the finger at what's wrong with each other, but nobody's repenting of their sin. And so you have a world that's full of self-righteous hypocrites and we as believers, because a lot of times we're not consecrating ourselves, we're not sanctifying ourselves in prayer and the word. We begin to look just like the people that we're called to present an answer to. And so we end up looking just like them when we're called to be agents of change. But before we can be agents of change, we have to make sure change takes place within our hearts. 
And so many of us need a paradigm shift. It's time for us to change how we're thinking through the things that we're seeing going on in this world. Philippians chapter two, and I'm going to leave you with this. Philippians chapter two, verse five says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of of the cross. If Jesus can humble himself, if Jesus who being God can humble himself and and put on human flesh to die for our sins, who are we to not be able to humble ourselves to de- to die, to kill our ego for him? And so I want you guys to think about this. Think about everything that I've I've said in this show. And I pray that the spirit of God and his truth dwell in your hearts richly. Because we can taste and see that he is good. Hallelujah. And so I want you guys to be encouraged. I want you guys to not walk in fear or doubt. But it's time for us to stand up and know who our God is. Jesus still saves. And Jesus is still the answer. Listen, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Path of Revelation podcast. Listen, make sure you guys visit pathofrevelationnow.com. Leave your prayer requests, uh, suggestions for future shows. And make sure you go stream or download my new album, Paradigm Shift. It's available now on all digital outlets. But listen... Thank you guys for tuning in. And this is where the culture meets scripture.